0: Welcome and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. And now, here's our lead minister, Bobby Wallace. Uh, We are starting a new series today called All I Want for Christmas Um, I I saw somebody post a a meme on Facebook the other day and said, you know, raise your hand, parents, for those of you who have been laughing out or trying to stifle a laugh out loud when your kid brings up a Christmas list that totals $4,782 for their first draft. I wouldn't be laughing. My child would be probably crying. I would just, I'd probably crush their spirit, poor little things, (laughs) if they said that, if they brought up that, that kind of gift. But all I want for Christmas, and we're going to talk about different things each week. All I want for Christmas today is rest. And all God's people said, amen. All parents and adults especially said, amen. Um, Do you remember when you were a kid and your parents would try to make you take a nap? And you didn't want to, right? It doesn't make any sense. I hear this as well, and I see this. Why do the people who want to take a nap have to try to convince the little ones that don't want to take a nap to take a nap. We should just be able to take a nap. These little kids don't want to take a nap and they just, they ruin everything for us. I mean, you lay them down for a nap when they're at napping age, and then all of a sudden you hear and you walk in and they're like running on the ceiling. It's like Poltergeist and Exorcist combined, and it's just a crazy thing. They don't want to take a nap, but adults—if somebody walked into you at your job or at your house and walked in and said, "Lay down and take a nap," you, before the pee was sounded, you'd be snoring, wouldn't you? Don't lie, you would be. If somebody said take a nap, we would love to. Rest is so important, but we ignore it. You know. When I was a kid, I didn't want to do it. And I remember the reason I was told that... We didn't do certain things on Sundays. I don't know if y'all were raised like that, but I was told that we didn't do certain things on Sundays. We went to church on Sundays, and a lot of stores were not open. I know I'm, I'm old to some of you, but I'm not that old. But there were a lot of stores in my little country area that were not open on Sundays. People took a little bit of a break. And I remember many times like when my friends or something, we'd be riding going to church on Sunday or, or my family, and we'd see somebody that was... Hold up, y'all. Everybody, everybody sitting down, right? Everybody at home sitting down. There were people that were mowing their lawn on Sunday morning. Why a lightning bolt from heaven didn't come down? And, I, I don't know. Because that—that that was sinful, right? You, how dare you mow on the Sunday Sabbath? You know, I don't know if, if you've ever raised like that. Some of you were like, I don't have a clue what you're talking about. But that was sort of the attitude and the spirit of, of what we did. You didn't do anything on Sunday but go to church. I began to learn a little bit, and that came from an Old Testament principle where Saturday was the seventh day. It was the Sabbath day. It comes from creation, where God created six days, and on the seventh day, He rested, and He instituted this Sabbath rest. And just like always, we as people, we If somebody gives us a line, we either say, all right, let me get a good running start so I can jump over that line. Or we say, how can I barricade the line to make sure that nobody can jump over it? And these Pharisees and these religious leaders said, we're going to barricade this line and we're going to actually, here's the line that God drew. We're going to back up a little bit farther and we're going to draw another line. Actually, we're going to draw about 600 lines. And we're going to draw all these lines to make sure that people don't do it. And so for the Sabbath, they came up with all these rules in addition to what God said. They said you should not work, God said you should not work on the Sabbath. And so they said, well, we want to make sure we know what work is because we don't want anybody to accidentally work. And so they had all sorts of rules and all sorts of uh, things they added to it. One of the funniest things to me was, was they, they had a tradition that said that you could walk no more than about seven-eighths of a mile on the Sabbath if you walked any further than seven-eighths then you were sinning. And that was just a magic thing. Seven eighths of a mile. You know, so I guess if you're walking, you got to make sure you time your steps because otherwise you get to seven eighths and you're seven eighths away from the house, then you got to just stand there. You got to wait till sundown. You know, I I don't know what it is, but they said, we don't want to cross the line of work, so we want to define what work is. And they made up all these different things about what you could and couldn't do. Now, unfortunately or fortunately, God comes along, sends his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins, to be raised from the grave, and he gave us a picture of what Sabbath really truly is, and we see it in the New Testament. Now, many people, as I said when I was growing up, people sort of wanted to enforce the Christian Sabbath, and you could only do certain things, or you couldn't do other things on Sunday. But here's the thing, you can't decide to keep part of the law and attribute it to your faithfulness to God. If you're going to be saved by the grace of Jesus, if you're going to be saved by the work of Jesus on the cross for your sin and my sin, you can't decide, I'm going to keep parts of the law and I'm not going to keep other parts of the law, especially when you tag onto it this righteousness that you gain with your relationship with God. Does that make sense? But we do that. We, we do that say, okay, if you do this on a Sunday, at least this is what I grew up with. Like I said, you may not have. But if you did this on a Sunday, then you're sinning, and so therefore your relationship with God is hurt. But if you don't do this, then, you know, you're sinning. And it, the, the lines get crazy. But Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10, this. He said, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. You see, Paul was absolutely dealing with the same type of problem with people who might want to say, we need to keep a Sabbath now as Christians in, in, in that traditional sense. Stick with me. Don't, don't burn me at the stake yet. I, I'm going to get to and explain this a little bit deeper. But he's dealing with people who said, yes, you need to be Christians, but you also need to keep law. You need to do this. But he says, you've got to do what? Keep it all if you want it to help your relationship with God. And so he makes it very clear. We're not bound to the Old Testament law keeping. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 16 and 17, it says this. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a... Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The biggest problem with focusing on keeping a Sabbath day, especially, as I said, with the idea that it pleases God and is, is, it's uncovered here in Hebrews. Now, First, the writer draws in chapter 3 our attention to the Israelites who died in the desert after they crossed the Red Sea. Y'all remember that? When Moses led them to the Red Sea, the Red Sea parted. They go through, the Egyptians are washed away in the water, and then they wandered around the desert for 40 years. 40 years! And he he draws their attention to the Israelites who died in the desert because they complained and they whined and they belly ached and they rebelled and all this sort of stuff. And in chapter 3 in Hebrews, he then says the idea of rest is still fulfilled later. Now, what he's saying is, is that they didn't get to enter into the promised land. He said that was their rest. But a lot of them misbehaved and disobeyed and didn't believe, and so they didn't get to enter into the promised land rest. But look, it's fulfilled later as well. Guess where it's fulfilled? In heaven. Look at Hebrews 4 verse 8. For if Joshua had given them rest, you know, Joshua was the one that got to actually lead them into the promised land. He said, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us strive Therefore strive to enter that rest so that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So, so what the Hebrew writer is doing is saying, look, they, they toiled, they, they were washed clean, their sins were washed away in the, when the Red Sea closed and covered up Egypt and all those people, and then they wandered around for 40 years, and you know, many were disobedient, that whole entire older generation, except for a few people, could not enter into the promised land, and Joshua led all the younger ones and those few into the promised land. And that was the rest they were aiming for, but he says, look... It's not the only rest. That was a rest, but there's a greater rest for Christians, and that is heaven. You and I are wandering in the desert, and what he says is, don't get confused, don't get distracted, don't get sinful, don't get rebellious, make sure you enter that rest. Make sure you enter that rest. So he's saying, keep on keep it on so you can enter that rest. The writer of Hebrews is also dealing with people who said, we want to go back to keeping the law. And he's saying, don't do it. Jesus is better. The entire book of Hebrews is is screaming, Jesus is better. His covenant is better. Everything about Jesus is better. He is enough. So ultimately, heaven is our rest. So here's the thing. Does that mean that we should go full bore, pedal to the metal, like I mean, don't, you know, burn out before we rust out full on, nonstop. We can sleep when we're dead, right? Is that the way we should live our lives? No, absolutely not. Okay, yes, the Sabbath was ultimately pointing to heaven. But everything that God did in the old covenant had still a purpose, It still had a purpose. It still had value. It still had a reason that God gave it. Even if the main reason was later on in the future, you and I can understand that God had something good in store for us through that action. Everything physical that God used in the Old Testament, whether it be days or sacrifices or rituals, just because they pointed to something future and spiritual doesn't mean that they were pointless. D- did you hear that? Just because all those things, as it said, that Paul wrote in, in Colossians, that they were all just shadows of the things to come just because they pointed to something in the future doesn't mean that they were pointless. God wasn't just saying, oh, I'm going to throw this at them and see how they like that. that. You know, he is God and he knows he's got a purpose. And so here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. This is why I said, don't burn me at the stake because we're getting to this point. You and I need rest. He didn't just come up with the idea of Sabbath rest. We need rest. Just because it's not maybe one particular day or you're sinning or you're condemned. That's that's still, we still need rest. We need rest. We need to stop and be still and know that God is God. So, I I pace a lot. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. (laughs) I move around a lot. Hopefully, maybe it keeps you awake. But since we're talking about rest, I'm going to have a seat for a little bit. I see why y'all whine about these cushions. These are nice. I'm just kidding. (laughs) You and I need rest. But the problem is, is that most of us, and I'm pointing at you, all of you, me too, you online. We don't rest. We might get sleep, but we don't spiritually rest. We take care of our physical bodies sometimes, but we don't always take care of our spiritual bodies the way we should. And so we need rest. And we can see the value of rest in an encounter that Jesus has with Mary and Martha. This is the sisters of Lazarus. Look at Luke chapter 10, beginning in verse 38. It says now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. I love how it says that. And she went up to him and said, "Lord, do you not care what my sister has le- that my sister has left me to serve alone?" tell her then to help me hold up now <laughs> you're talking to yahweh <laughs> you know you're telling yahweh to get on the stick and get her to work okay that's crazy but we've we've all done crazier things but she says tell her then to help me verse 41 but the lord answered her martha martha you are Anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken from her. Most of us wish that we could be like Mary. But most of us end up being like Martha more than we end up being like Mary. And some of you are already playing in your brain. You're like, well, all them lazy folks like Mary. Because <laughs> you're, you're being a Martha. And you're saying, because they're not up doing what I'm doing all the time, then that means that they're lazy and they're just being like a Mar- a Mary. They're just sitting there when there's plenty of work to do. And Jesus is not saying don't do the work. But he's saying sometimes you need to rest and be in my presence. To really rest and be in my presence. And here's what I want you to do. I don't want you to hear this morning me only talking about what we do here on Sunday mornings. Or what we do a couple of times a week at different things, connect groups and things like that. I want you to hear your entire life. Do you know why? Because our entire life, my entire life, your entire life is worship. And there are times when you need to be active and serving. There are times when you need to be still and know that he is God. And so he's saying, "Mary, uh, Martha, you're worried and anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion. You know, she's chosen, chosen the better. What you're doing is not bad, he's saying. We, we can choose between good and bad pretty easily. But sometimes we don't know how to choose between good and best. And he's saying in that, sin, in that case, Mary chose best. And you and I need to learn to do that. Here's why it's important. Because lack of rest seems spiritual. Lack of rest seems spiritual. We can convince ourselves that when we don't rest, that means we're spiritual. When we're up doing everything and anything, you know, helping out our families, uh, kids at school, you know, uh, at church, and you, you fill in the blank, you know, you can say, well, I, I, I'm just always about the Lord's business. Y'all remember the church lady from Saturday Night Live a long time ago? Well, isn't that special? I'm always about the Lord's business, you know, and you can be that way and you can tell yourself I, I'm working hard for the kingdom and you might be Martha was doing good, right? Mary was doing better. You might be working hard for the kingdom, but are you working so hard that you're going to burn out and then be of no good later on? You see rest or lack of rest might seem spiritual at times. Lack of rest stems from a feeling of needing to help God. Lack of rest stems from a feeling of needing to help God. And here again, don't just put yourself in the box of Sunday morning. Can y'all see I'm about to jump out of my skin? I'm trying so hard not to stand up. But we're resting, right? We're resting. You and I can easily just focus on what we do right here. But I'm saying in everything in your life, you and I may struggle. Some of you don't. Some of you don't. But you need to listen because you need to help those of us who do. You and I struggle mightily. With wanting to fix every problem that comes down the pike and not just give it to God sometimes. Will God use you to answer prayers sometimes? Absolutely. But does he need you? Can he fix things on his own better than you could ever try or I could ever try? I don't hear a lot of y'all amening. Because it's hard to let go of control, isn't it? And we think, if I don't work and I don't stress and I don't do this and I don't worry, then is it ever going to get fixed? Because we are like Martha and we're like, look at what I'm doing. I'm busy. Make her help me. And we think, I've got to solve this problem. God, I know you're God, but you could really use my help. And we may not vocalize those words because we're not crazy, probably, but we do that in our choices, in our schedules, in our time frames, in our mindset, in our actions. We think that we have to help God. Martha had all these people in her house, right? And Mary should help, she thought. And you think, and she thought, if I don't do it, who will? We get that same idea. God, you know, I want you to fix my life. I I, I want you to, I got to help you do that. I got to help you uh, win my kids to Jesus. I got to change my husband. I got to change my wife. I got to change my job. I got to change my friends. I got to fix them all. God, just sit back. I'll handle this. (laughs) God is strong enough. God is strong enough. He can handle your problems. Guess who probably had a big hand in making your problems? You. Me. So let's let God, who can actually fix them, try to fix them. A lot of our problems means God will probably change us, and that's going to help solve the problem. I said a lot, not all. Lack of rest is often the physical manifestation of worry. When we go nonstop, our schedule's got to be full to the max. I don't have any time, no rest for the wicked, that whole type of thing. We're just going, 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 going. Really, all it is is just the physical manifestation of worry. I'm going to be busy because I'm worried that life isn't going to fix itself. But you know what it says in Scripture? We're commanded not to worry. You know that? It's not a suggestion. We're told multiple times, do not worry. Worry is a sin. Because when we're worrying, we're not doing what? Trusting God. We're not trusting God. Lack of rest is deadly. Physically, it's deadly. Um, The Cleveland Clinic, if you uh, Google, it comes up on their website. It says a few things about sleep deprivation. Here's what it says. Some of the most serious potential problems associated with chronic sleep deprivation are high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attack, heart failure, or stroke. Those sound like deadly consequences. All from what? Sleep deprivation. It says other potential problems include obesity, depression, impairment in immunity, and lower sex drive. Chronic sleep deprivation can even affect your appearance. So, if all those other things, if you don't care about your heart exploding and you don't care about stroking out and you don't care about all that, it then laps on and says, You're going to be ugly too. If you don't sleep, you're going to be ugly. And and that's where most of us are like, Oh, I got to do something. I got to get a nap (laughs) because I don't want to be ugly. I don't want to be uglier. You know, it's like, it says, It'll even affect your appearance because it knows how they know how Americans are. that's what we care about. But here's the thing. It is a deadly thing to go without physical rest. But do you know that it's also deadly when we don't rest spiritually? During this whole pandemic, I keep wanting to say back then, but we know it's still going on. During this whole pandemic, churches everywhere, including ours, have experienced people that have just disappeared. Not, they're not watching online like you guys. You know, they didn't stay home for a little while and then come back or, or anything anything like that. There's just people who have actually just sort of fallen off of the mat when it comes to church and being a part of a church family. And it, it happened in alarming numbers everywhere. You know, people reached out to them, they prayed for them, and they just heard nothing. And it's heartbreaking because people are just sort of dying on the vine spiritually. And they weren't watching online, they weren't attending in person, and that lack of fellowship, that lack of spiritual rest that they were missing out on, then when things opened back up a little bit more, because, you know, for a while, almost everybody had to slow down a little bit, right? Our schedules changed, if nothing else. And we had more time at home, we had more time together, and our schedules changed, and The problem was is that when things opened back up, everybody who didn't get kind of any kind of spiritual rest lost all connection with their church families. Then tried to jump back into that crazy chaotic life that we all lived before. But they didn't have any fuel. They didn't have any substance. They didn't have any rest. And so you know what happened to a lot of them, I believe? They crashed and burned. And their lives just imploded Because, you know, it it happened for those of us that were here and those that were watching online too. It was bad enough for that, right? But on a greater scale, for those that, that disconnected from everybody and stopped getting any spiritual rest, they literally, I saw lives crash and burn and they are feeling hopeless and lost and confused and scared. And I believe that just maybe when the lockdown hit, I sort of think maybe God was saying rest because we were all going at a pace that we could not sustain. Am I right? I'm right. (laughs) I don't usually get real adamant, but I'm right. We all, everybody, humans, especially Americans, were going at a pace we could not sustain. We thought we could do it all and we could not. So when the pandemic hit, I believe maybe God was saying, rest. I don't believe he sent it for that, but he takes bad things, he makes them for good. I believe he was saying, rest, take some time and learn. But most of us didn't take it. And now, whether you were a part of church or you never left or or whatever, anywhere on the spectrum, a lot of us now are feeling burned out, depressed, overwhelmed. We're full of dread and despair. We need Rest. We need rest. Mary chose rest in Jesus. She chose rest in Jesus. She chose sitting at his feet. She chose listening to him, allowing God to heal her from the inside out. And ultimately, I would say that's sort of what rest is. Be still, be calm, be quiet. Listen to me. Drown out all the noise so you can hear me is what I believe God wants us to understand about rest. So what do we do? You need rest. I need rest. We need rest spiritually and physically. So how do we rest? Follow God's plan. Take a day. Take a day. If it is within your power, in your power to take a day a week, take it. Now, some of you, you can't. You know, it's just the way your schedule works beyond your control. But if you can take a day, take a day. Now, everybody listen. I'm standing up for this to get your attention back. Some of you have it in your power to take a day, but you tell yourself, I don't have it in my power to take a day. You hear what I said? Some of us say, oh, I can't, but you can. It just means you've got to get your priorities straight. And you've got to take care of your heart, and you've got to take care of, think about it this way. If you don't want to do it to take care of your heart, both physically and spiritually, we heard what what happens, right, when you don't get rest. If you don't want to do it to take care of your heart, do it to take care of the hearts of the people around you. Because when you get rest, you're healthier to be able to love other people well. And I'm healthier to love other people well. So get rest. Take a day if you can. If you can, take a day. If it's in your power to do it, take a day. Here's the thing. You can accomplish more with God in six days than you can on your own power in seven days. It's absolutely true. The same principle, I've heard it taught many times. The same principle is true like with giving. God can do more through your 90 odd percent, however much you want to give, than you can do with your 100 percent by yourself. If you give to him first of your time and of your energy, of your money, all that, God can do it. But here's the thing. If you can't take a day or if you can, either way, rest during the day every day. Every day. Now, right now, a lot of your alarm bells are going off and you're like, well, he just don't understand my schedule. He just don't understand my schedule. I don't have any time in my day to rest. How about your time on Facebook? Shut up. Quit meddling. I don't have any time on Facebook. Well, I don't do Facebook. Um, Well, how about your time on Netflix? Shut up. Just hold up. You're getting to be too personal now. I don't have any time. How about your TV? We've all got some time. We've all got some time. It might be a little bit, it might be minuscule compared to what other people have. But we've all got some time. So take some time every day. Take a few moments and physically rest and spiritually rest by doing this. Here's a few ideas. You can come up with some, but here's a few to kind of prime the pump. Find moments to quiet yourself and listen to God and His Word. Read the Bible. And you've heard me talk about this. You guys know this. If you've got a smartphone, it will literally read the Bible to you. No excuses. You could sit down for five minutes, sit somewhere quiet, lay down if you need to, turn on God's Word, let it read to you, read it yourself on your phone, and your Bible, whatever. Spend some time getting quiet, listening to God's Word as He speaks to you. Take a few moments here and there, two minutes, and listen to music that glorifies God. Listen to some music that glorifies God, that ministers to you, that tells the story of Jesus. Take some time to encourage others every day. Send somebody a text. It takes 30 seconds, if that, to send a text. Say, praying for you, send. Take some time. I I believe that's rest as well. Write a note to somebody if you want to go kick it old school. I mean, that will change somebody's world if you send them something in the mail. And that little bit, even though it takes some energy, it still rests because you're allowing God to use you and speak through you. And this one's a little self-serving, but listen to sermons. I know you listen to mine multiple times a week. That ain't nice. That ain't nice. But anyway... You can go and you can listen to audio versions of our sermons here. You can find any number of sermons on YouTube, that kind of thing. You can, you know, just Google, listen to God's word being preached, being spoken to you. Make sure it's for somebody who's teaching God's word, doing their best to be faithful to it. But listen to God's word. And then there's this. Make time to be with Christians. Part of rest, I believe, is being loved and encouraged and loving and encouraging others. I really believe that that's a big part of it. It's being loved and encouraged and loving and encouraging others. You see, one of the greatest things that God did in the Old Covenant when he said a Sabbath day rest, and this was the day, Saturday was the day, was they were to be there with family, quiet by themselves. Loving on one another, being loved. And you and I need to do that with our families physically and our our church family. I I believe we need to do that just as much with our church family. Spend time with Christians. Let me kind of clarify this. Being in the building alone doesn't mean that you're with Christians. And I don't mean alone as in by yourself. I mean just being in the building doesn't mean that you're spending time with Christians. I hope and pray you're blessed by the worship time we have together. I hope and pray that you're blessed by my sermons and ramblings, whatever you want to call them. But where you truly gain rest and where it gains momentum and that snowball builds and goes down the hill is when you build relationship and you find rest in each other along with your relationship with God. You cannot get to know one another by staring at the back of each other's heads for one hour a week and never talking. You learn some stuff about the back. I got a knob on the back of my head. And if you were sitting behind me, you'd know that after about six weeks. But you don't really get to know people. You don't really find out what rest is until you really build relationship and allow yourself to be loved. And allow yourself to love and be encouraged and be an encourager. And so let me make this super, super, uber practical. If you're serving on a team, like some of the ways that we serve here at Movement you know, allow you to be in the service. You know, you serve beforehand, you serve after maybe, and you can be in the service. And, and so you can mix and mingle. But then there are other areas like Movement Kids where, you know, you're back in the back and you, you just, you're giving the whole time to, to children and things like that. If you're serving, especially in an area like Movement Kids, take the rest breaks. And if you're serving in other ways, take the rest breaks that you're offered. And you may say, I don't even know what you mean. But I can give you a behind-the-scenes thing as a, as a preacher, as a minister, as somebody who helps schedule people. You know, I've seen it in not just this church, but every church I've been a part of, is that there have been people who you sign them up to serve, and you say, okay, we'd love for you to serve. You know, our goal here, our goal here is if everybody's serving, is that we'd love for people to be able to serve one time a, a month. And right now we know that's not happening all the time, but that's our goal. But there are people who, you know, we say, we want you to serve one time a month. And you're like, no, no, I'm good, I'll serve every week. And guess what happens? They get burned out, and I'm just being real. I'm take the curtain down. Then they blame the church. They were like, "We told you to take a break," but they're like, "They didn't let me take a break." And, and we just all, we all do it, right? We all do it. We want to blame somebody else for the, the struggles that we're going through. So take rest, take a break, be replenished, be refilled and fill up other people. But here's another thing, regardless of if you serve yet or not or how you serve, when you're here, pause and talk with other people. Pause and talk with other people. You know, the Christian life is not truly transactional. You know, God gives us something and we don't really have anything to offer in return. But the relationships that start there on, it's relational. It's not just transactional. We don't just give and take. We live together and that's what we're called to do. So stop and pause and talk with others. Don't rush in and out. Can I tell you all a little secret? Everybody lean in. We start at 1015. (laughs) <laughs> some of y'all get that some of y'all get that some of y'all get that and some of y'all are mad at me right now but that's okay we start at 10 15 get here a little bit early hang out with people talk with people find out about their week laugh together you might end up crying together sometimes but get here a little early stay a little bit late christmas is supposed to be a time of honoring and celebrating Jesus coming as a little baby to live and to die for us and ultimately rising from the grave. And it's to celebrate that he's returning again. But unfortunately, sometimes Christmas can be one of the most stressful, tiring times of our year. Am I right? It can be one of the most stressful and tiring times of the year. It's time to break the cycle and learn to rest. Not just at Christmas, at this season, at the end of the year, but throughout our lives. Learn to rest. You see, God has given you and I the greatest gift that we have. The greatest gift that we have in Jesus. And so determine that this year will be different for you. Decide that you and your family and your friends will find time to rest in Jesus this season. And every season moving forward. And every day moving forward. So here's what I want to do for the next couple moments. I want to invite you to pray with me, okay? I want you to take some time and I want you to silently pray. And here's some things that you can pray. God, help me to see my motivation for my effort. Help me to see past my excuses. Help me to see the many opportunities to rest and not waste them. And help me rest and refuel to serve you more. Take a couple moments and pray, God, help me to see how I can rest. Help me to see why I don't rest. And help me to be still and know that you're God. Take a few moments. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.